Once upon a time, there was an actor who decided to become a business coach. As soon as she entered the world of business, she was showered with self-doubt. But through her learnings, the conversations she had and the work she did with clients, she discovered the one key truth for survival. You have to find you, be you (laughs) and let them see you. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. This is Tricia Lewis, your host. I speak to loads of fascinating individuals who've built their own businesses or just have loads of experience and story to share. You'll get tips, insights, you'll be motivated as Right, listeners, another beautifully practical heap of advice coming your way. I have a lovely guest called Catherine Gladwin. Now, Catherine is a business mentor. She's also, big this up, a number one best-selling author. And her two books, The 20% Rule and How to Be a Virtual Assistant, will no doubt come up in this conversation. Uh, But I'm not going to blabber on more because no one introduces themselves better really than the actual person. Catherine, what a delight to have you. Well, no, thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a, it's an honour to be a guest on your podcast. Thank you. So where, so you're in Swindon? Yeah, don't judge. No. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to say it without any, uh, no subtext. <laughs> You've done it to yourself, Catherine. Bloody awful. Wiltshire's nice though, isn't it? It is. The countryside is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've lived here all my life, so I take I take the Mickey, but um, I'm allowed to. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to ask that question. So you have, you are a, a local born and bred. So what? Um, I mean, some people have very direct career, in, and I've always put that in inverted commas because I don't want people to get kind of weirded out about oh god I haven't had a career I've done this and I've done that and then you can't call that a career because that would apply to me in many ways but your sort of general route that led you to this VA world if you like and business mentoring was it a direct one or a twirly one um well I'd always been in admin roles um and that evolved into secretarial roles and then when the secretarial job title was kind of lost um, became a PA and then this EA thing became invented as well so you, you went from personal assistant and then the step up was um, executive assistant when you were looking after directors um, so I kind of went along that train and I was also an admin manager I'd, I'd looked after a team of 11 um, and I did love organizing I'm very very bossy and I'm very controlling and I'm always right as well so it, I always worked well with with other people usually men then um, uh, because I could organize their life and I, it, it, it'd be no bs from me it'd always be no it's this that and the other and, and this is what why it's going to be that and and quite efficient too always putting processes in place to make my life easier but I got quite ill back in 2012 and had my first brain tumour and as a result of having that tumour removed I ended up with something called Addison's disease um, which is a lifelong disease 
uh, where your body doesn't produce cortisol. So if you have any stress in your life, happy or sad, um, your body can't cope with it. You go into a crisis and into a coma and then it's potentially fatal. So I have to take medication three times a day just to keep me alive. Um, and like I said, stress, I can't be around stress. Um, and I get terrible fatigue as well. So this weekend I, I was 18 hours in bed and 90% of that sleeping. Uh, not that I'm complaining, but um, it can be quite debilitating. So it got to the point where working a nine till five was impossible, really, is, is the word I'm going to use. It seems quite extreme, but for me, it was impossible. There's no way I want to go on benefits. Um, I, I didn't, I, I still don't have any, I've got a partner, but there's no way I would expect him to support me financially. So I looked at the possibility of doing what I loved, which was PA and EA work from home, virtually. And I thought I'd come up with, thought I'd invented something. I thought I'm gonna be a millionaire. You know, I've come up with this idea of being a, a personal assistant but at home, but I didn't. It had already been out there for quite a few years. So even better, there was advice online on Google and I started my own business. And within a few months, I was able to replace my uh, full-time income and it's gone on leaps and bounds. Um, I, I ended up replacing my income by five, six times more than what I could have ever earned in a full-time job. Um, and now for the last, I've no idea what year it is, uh, <laughs> all years. <laughs> is it, I don't know, is it 2021? Yeah. Is one of my things. <laughs> I think it's so, 2021, because um, 2020 was like quite a year to remember. So that'll help us all as we're getting yeah. older with our memory. We think, oh, it's 2020, the year of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, we're all going to exaggerate it as well, aren't we? I'm going to, I'm going to tell my grandchildren I, I created the vaccine and all of that. Just <laughs> that um, so, I, and, and then in 2018, I wrote my first book and started mentoring people as well. And that has, that's been, I'm going to blow my own trumpet. Why not, eh? Good. But that's been hugely successful as well. I know you read one of my case studies today. Um, mm. Yeah, changing people's lives is is been my vocation since I wrote my first book <laughs> excellent I didn't expect some of that detail I've got to say because I hadn't really caught up with your various um physical <laughs> challenges um my gosh crikey Moses yes okay that's that's amazing and obviously there's nothing there's no label on you saying I've got this I've got that I've got the other um and that of course is a it's an interesting thing, actually, about these kinds of... My husband's got rheumatoid arthritis, and it's, in a way, that also causes the tiredness thing. And you haven't... There's no terribly obvious... Yeah, so... No, I, I mean, I've been, even been asked... I'm going off on a tangent now, but um, I've even been asked in hospital by a nurse, um, why are you here? It's nothing that look like there's anything wrong with you. Yeah. No, okay. exactly. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, look, you look perfectly fit and healthy, but that's not, that's not often... Um, that's... that's often the case and that's a good reminder to us all to know that any one of us could be dealing with all sorts of things that aren't particularly obvious so well done you because you yeah go on I'm just about to go in to have my fourth brain tumor removed in June oh uh, right. <laughs> okay <laughs> you're making a bit of a habit of this I'm, I'm, I'm so. like a greenhouse I'd like a greenhouse yeah oh my god Wow. Okay. Things. Wow. But they, but every operation does get rid of them. And yeah, then yeah. Yeah. Back. yeah. 
Oh, yeah. wow. Like a little greenhouse, did you see? Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, like, that's quite... That's quite a positive image, isn't it? I like what you've done there, actually, because visualization is a big deal, isn't it? It's 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 actually quite, I think, quite a powerful thing. And the yeah, if you're carrying something around with you, the last thing you want to think of is something and toxic and grubby and horrible. But the idea of a lovely little green <laughs> sprouting these little branches. Yes. I tried to grow garlic during lockdown. I couldn't do that. <laughs> garlic in your head that would be an interesting yeah anyway look we definitely are going. we've gone off well, that's it listeners sorry um let's let's come back in let's come again right let's go practical so this case study that you just referred to um rather intrigued me actually because it had a nice catchy little title something like how would you like to increase your income by 137 percent um which I thought you know that's nice because that's not your normal you know six times in six weeks it's got got reality uh written in it yes I like that and you split it up into various sections so I thought we could just pop through those sections so listeners for your benefit um and so that you jolly well stay tuned we're going to delve into on a fairly superficial level, obviously, otherwise we'd be here all day, niching, that lovely word that I have had a very mixed relationship with, um, saying no, which um, I I talk about when I'm talking about sort of one of the squashes of people pleasing, Um, greater visibility, which I think is probably why we're spending all that time faffing around on social media um or just for fun maybe um upping hourly rate um, which has got sort of little daggers through it as well as far as I'm concerned and I know a lot of other people and kinder with your own time which is something you have very personal experience of because you've been incredibly sensible and done all the right things to make life work for you um and not become a slave to some kind of outside pressure saying oh I can't do this can't do that so let's let's start with that funny little word called niching so if we were going to do better with our with our income and growing our business you'd suggest this would be a good uh, a good little thing to get sorted to a certain extent yeah um you can't be all things to all people um and I know I'm not telling you that Tricia and I know that your audience are going to already know that already um there's just no way you can't you can't say okay I am going to do this that this that and the other and if somebody wants this I'll just say yes and I'll learn it on YouTube and I'm just going to say and anything else you need doing just get in touch because I can do it I can do everything however if you just narrow it down to perhaps three four things something like that it it, it makes your marketing easier. It makes it easier for potential clients to, to look at your services and not be overwhelmed and not think, oh my God, I have no idea what I need. I thought I did, but now there's too much on here. Um, and you can also then become the expert in those things and get known for it. It also makes it easier to write your LinkedIn headline as well if it's not too, <laughs> it's not too much stuff to put it on there. Um, but yeah, but by niching, I think the biggest thing is being able to to market and get your content right as well, so that you're not just trying to put out so much stuff all the time. You can then get known for what you do, and it enables other people to recommend you. So if somebody says, "Oh, I need a I need a marketeer that 
um, that's really good with product-based businesses. I know, I know who can do that because you've seen that marketing coming out again and again and again. And, uh, I really, I really like that 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 extra point. Actually, the the what's what is somebody going to say? Imagine picture the scene of what is somebody now saying to their colleague, um, either in written or verbal form at a networking event or whatever. Oh, have you met you know Catherine? No, I haven't. What's she do? Oh, she mm -mm -mm -mm. easy. Easy. I don't have to go and look up on LinkedIn to try and remember what, exactly what it is you do because I'm actually a bit confused because, gosh, she does lots of things, actually. She's great. She's lovely. You'll love her. Um, she's sort of, um, well, I think what she, uh, mm, yeah. And I, and I always say, and I've said it in my 20% rule book, you've almost, you've almost completely said what I say in my 20% rule book there, that the niche shouldn't necessarily be who you do it for because... I think the example in my 20% rule book is, um, oh, I know Jane, she works with estate agents. Okay, what does Jane do? I don't know, she just works with estate agents. Okay, well, is it marketing? Is it sales? Is it admin? What is it? It's, it's no, and Dave isn't going to get in touch with Jane because he doesn't want an awkward conversation. He just needs to know what she does. And, and if it's right for him, he can get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad you said that because because I've really struggled with niching because of the subject area that I'm in, which is communication. Oh, it's huge. You know, it's just so big. I also have an issue with cutting off certain people. So, you know, I, I am absolutely fine working with for instance, men who would have thought. I know, I know, it's brave, <laughs> it's crazy, but I you can do you're it. You're not niching down to female heart-centred coaches. You see, you've really gone there, haven't you, now, Catherine? You have absolutely gone there because that's all over freaking Instagram and everywhere and all the rest of it. And to be honest, I'm being really honest now, listeners, it drives me nuts. And and I have a real battle with it. And and then I listen to sensible voices. So I'm like, come on, come on, come on. It, you know, it's all about hitting, you know, that central point. And it doesn't mean to say that people won't come in who aren't on that central point, but that, which is true, which is absolutely true. And, it, and I can prove it. So yes, but I still... I still really, it's because you've written books and it's the same with writing books. You need to get this kind of ideal reader in your head. So it's the same whether it's a book or content or whatever it is, you're, I, you're oh gosh, I'm going to say that word beginning with A and ending in R. Please don't, please don't. Okay, won't say it. I'm not going to say <laughs> it. Um, your thingamajig person is meant to be very clearly defined. Um and then when it comes to services, I do you know what I've come around to thinking more recently, and you've just said it that actually it's niching down on the services is is the is the more important part of that. Do you do you think so? Absolutely, yeah. When you're a service-based business, I, I really think that is, and, and that's a large part of my book and a large part of the um reviews, personal messages and that that I get from people is oh my god your take on niching and the ideal client uh, um, is brilliant you know I, I'm not interested what socks or knickers my clients wear absolutely couldn't give tuppence oh that's great I just took a sip of tea and nearly spilled it all over the keyboard of my laptop just <laughs> got to zoom in and not in a cafe <laughs> you said that 
I love, I, listen, apologies to all my, uh, to, I have some lovely, lovely, lovely colleagues who are top notch, fabulous people who really know their stuff, but some of them would be going a little bit more heavy on the mm, thingamajig people. And, and that's fine. And I'm not in any, I'm never like, any more than you are. We're not dissing that, but yeah. for some of us, it becomes a sort of area of internal battle when, when you're... Yeah. I've seen people hold back on their business because they are so stuck on that ideal client avatar. I've seen people come up with like three-page Word documents confirming their ideal client avatar to the, to the fact that they, they wear all-stars or converse trainers and, and not sketches. And it's like, but you're selling you're a photographer you know you you take does it what if somebody turns up for a photo shoot and they're they're wearing sketches oh well that doesn't matter but then and it's and it's stopping you getting clients and it's making your marketing and content difficult then you've just got to rein it back in knowing the demographics their ages whether they're male or female and things like that where they live you know as in Europe, UK, I know UK's in Europe, um, America, <laughs> Australia, and or wherever. <laughs> I'm glad you reminded us of that because some people might, might have forgotten. Have a postcard. <laughs> now let's let's take this one step further then. So that that's that's I love that. So services we do potentially, and I also have had this internal battle, um, have the same issue because if you are in something like if you go and set yourself up stupidly like me as a communication coach, oh God, now we've got the word coach, which is a oh, the word coach, um, which I never, I don't even like the word coach. For some reason, it, it doesn't, it feels like I've put on the wrong item of clothing when I say coach. Yeah. So that's a bit of an issue. Um, and then we've got the word communication. So people will say things like, oh, so you're in communications with an S on the end, which is not what I do. Um, I don't put telephone lines into offices, funnily enough, or, you know, um, or they just, or then the funny people say, oh, so you know how to talk. So that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is I technically could do an awful lot of things to help people you know yeah. um and sometimes I have no idea that I'm going to end up doing this will I'm not this isn't about me listen this is about you because this will apply to you you know if you are in any kind of service type role that you will end up doing things for people that you hadn't neither you nor them knew you were going to do when you started the working relationship so you can't put that on your website or your LinkedIn profile I might end up doing this you never know and there has been a client where we ended up doing this which was a complete surprise um so yeah as you say you've got to niche with these services do we then have to go through the same mental process to not panic that people will not come to us because they think we don't do the things that we haven't mentioned. I've actually found that the, the more that you reduce your offering, the, the more inquiries my mentees get. When things are too overwhelming, people look away. I mean, I can't give Amazon as an example because, you know, you go on there and, or Audi even, for example, you go in for some chickpeas and you come out with, what is it, they say a kayak or something. Um, it's, it, it, but it, 
people have got, I think it's something like seven seconds on your website before they're bored if they can't find what they're looking for. So if you've got too much on there, I think that the main problem as well is, is people have a lot on their website. They're trying to be all things to all people. And sometimes that does smack a little bit of desperation. I want somebody that's good at the thing that I do and not a jack of all trades because you just can't be. You just mm. can't be. Well, no, I'm not sure me, of course, um, it's just a problem for me, but I have to deal with it. Um, no, it's, it, it is, um, I, I believe that, that you've just said that people, you, you'll actually get more people asking and, and then they can go on and say, oh, seeing as we're doing this work, it just occurred to me, you could help me with this. Could I say, yes, actually, because it, now, ah, now, that almost felt like it was a link that I had rehearsed that takes us into saying no. Oh, we're like BBC Radio 2, aren't we? The way it just... Pretty broke. much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So go on, give us some saying no tips. Well, I've got one that's a real gem that um, is probably the only one people need is if somebody asks you to do something you're not, you don't want to do, um, this only works in business, this doesn't work in the pub or something like that. But if somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do, or they ask for a discount, simply say no, and then pause. And I think you're going to be able to confirm this, but it's something like 13 seconds, isn't it, before the, the other person just gets that urge to speak? Or if you're with my mum, it's about one second, and then she has to speak. But yeah, it, just say no, and then pause, and let them feel the silence. Um, and if they ask for an explanation, like if they're asking for a discount and they want an explanation, you can either hang up or you can just say everybody pays the same so that everybody gets the same great service. Oh, you end it there. It's it's liberating to say no. You don't have to say yes. And I think I could probably say maybe once or twice. And I've only lost work once or twice by saying no. And I've been in business six years I think don't hold me to that HMRC because I like I said I'm not sure what year it is I'm trying to think very quickly um uh, yeah I, no 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 I've got it I've got it you 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 think you're going to um part of your part of your mind this is the people pleaser part which um you know is part of what I talk about when you're self-squashing you know you are part of what's going on here is a sense that you're going to be rejected and thrown out into the wilderness um that you will that they will go and badmouth you to everybody they know which is literally literally millions of people by the way <laughs> all, of, all, all of whom would have worked with you by the way were, were it not for this um, Do you know what I'm laughing because it is so true because I had all these thoughts when I started my business as well so I'm not laughing at anybody that has these thoughts we've we've all gone through that we've all I've said yes to stuff and then thought oh you idiot yeah you're not doing any of it so yeah uh, exactly and there has to be there has to be a kind of I think a, t a bit of a tipping point so so often people will be trans, trans say transgressing that's not the right word at all will be um transferring will be making a little gradual change from maybe either employment or some other self-employed sort of portfolio career, which was my case, if you like. And they will keep elements of that going for a little period of time whilst they are doing the initial setting up of their business, getting a little bit confident that they can get some income from it, etc. 
then there has to be, this is a difficult challenge. There has to be that point. Um, and for me, it was speaking engagements. Because, and I, I don't mean in the business world. I mean, in the kind of community circuit and entertainment world that I was existing in before this. And so because I was known and didn't have to market, so people would, would still pick up the phone and say, can you do an after dinner thing? Or And there had to be this moment where I said no. And it was difficult because it felt like I was literally killing my old self in some overdramatic manner, which is stupid because I could go back to it at any point. And it's quite weird because when I'm having a down day, that's exactly what I think I'm going to do. And I bore my husband to pieces. But it's like, oh, God, it was so much easier when I just I didn't have to market myself. And it was like, oh, my God, and I really loved it. Like I went onto these stages all over. Um, uh -huh. And then he just breathes and lets me wake up the next day feeling fine. But it, it's it is there was a point where I couldn't keep saying I was for a point trying to juggle the whole thing but what happens is mentally you begin to think and this would be the same in generally saying yes to too many people's requests you begin to devalue yourself because you haven't got a handle on the real mm, kind of strong inner force of this is what I do yes and and often uh, I'll jump back to if you give somebody discounts they're usually not the best people to work with if they've tried to haggle with your with your you know with your money they're not appreciating your worth whereas if you're saying no but you can come back to me when you can afford me that they, they appreciate it more you know let them go and find somebody that's cheaper and let them see what a cheaper experience is like for them um it's or, not it's or not, possibly one can come up with, I, I think it's okay to have certain little rules that you set down yourself, isn't it? So you could, so you could have, for instance, this kind of pro bono uh, agreement with yourself, you know, say, right, you know, I will do um, two gigs for the alumni society of my uni or whatever for free um, during the course of this year and one for charity or whatever. Fine. Except because you've, because you've taken control of that. You haven't been put on the back foot by it. Or you could say, if somebody is in my Facebook group or if somebody has um, been on one of my programs, I have a special sort of rate for an ongoing this or that, which is, yeah. in other words, you've set the parameters. That's what I'm saying, isn't it, yeah. Catherine? Just, do, yeah. just, just, just don't do it too often. Make no. sure your own oxygen's covered first because, um, mm. you know, while you're doing other people favours, you're losing out because those favours won't always come back. And... And people can't recommend you if you're giving less of a service or, 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 or charging less because they're going to recommend you to people that can, can afford your less of a service or, or the cheaper service. So, so again, with a beautiful um, seamless link to, <laughs> to one of your other points in this case study, upping hourly rate. Yes. Oh, this is a minefield, to be honest, I think. I love oh, this. Yeah, you love it. You yeah, love this. I think it's the control thing again. In <laughs> um, with my mentees, that's usually the first thing we work on is the pricing. Um, and, and of course, it's all very well. I've, I've put in my latest case study, um, it's all very well me saying we got to up your prices, but it's, it's a confidence and mindset thing. So what I tend to do is we look at the the difference and the change that my mentees are making to people's lives we even write these down you know we think about the pain points that we're solving 
and uh, the, and, and, and like I say, how they're changing people's lives. They really are. So once we look at that, it's, they, they're allowed to sort of reflect and think, wow, yeah, I'm bringing a lot to the table here. Um, and we start then, we change the prices in our mind. We do it, we do it verbally, but we, the first thing we do is change the prices on the website. And that's kind of a mindset thing. So it's done, but we're not telling anybody. And it's also out there because, you know, putting it out there is the scariest thing. Uh, nobody's going to see it, are they, until we tell them about it. But um, yeah, that's, that's where we start. And uh, the case study that you read, um, the lady had an increase of 137% in her income. Um, a lot of my mentees go on and earn extra thousands per month just by changing the pricing. I'm working with somebody at the moment that's still employed full time um, and wants to earn a certain amount every month to enable her to leave her full time work. And we're three weeks in, I think, and she's she's already got that back. So we're on the right track to do that. And it was it all started with changing the pricing and and slowly letting people know. It's funny, isn't it? it? It's definitely one of the things a lot of people that um, that I'm likely to attract are, are likely to have this as an issue because if we're talking about anything remotely in the arena of imposter syndrome, and it is it is an arena that many fabulously intelligent, driven, ambitious, beautiful people inhabit, um, and I said that because obviously it involves me um so but it but it's true it's true we overthink we we overthink we, we're probably over over empath um we you know all of this stuff it it's it, it, and the, the empath thing Catherine this is one of my little theories okay I'll just throw this one out there we without realizing it may be we are putting ourselves instantly into the head becoming a becoming a mind reader which by the way we're not of the other person and now we're in that person's head okay we're we're, we're thinking oh no they can't afford it they get they're, they're really they feel really awkward now they feel really embarrassed because they really like me and they would like to work with me but they've you know they've not really got as much income as they'd like to and that feels a bit tricky and they don't know how to say it and i i can't put them through this anymore and i'm gonna make it less <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to say the S H I T word? Yes, please do. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if there's if there's relevance to it, Catherine, I don't want you to just say it for oh, no reason. I can't just throw it out there. Well. Oh, no, no, I didn't want to. But um, my VA is exactly like this, and I call her the shit psychic because she always thinks that she knows what somebody else is going to say, and to try and get her out of that that repetitive sort of debilitating thought process I would often say to her right what am I thinking at this minute and she was never right never right um so she's the shit psychic we never know what's going on in somebody's life and I've got somebody that I work with sometimes I've been trying to get it see it just shows that not everything works but I've been trying to get her to up her prices for ages and we had a call again the other day and she said no I can't do it with that one she won't she can't afford it no I can't do it with that one she can't afford mm. it no, she won't like it. And I'm like, how do you know? Do you do their bookkeeping? No. Have you seen their bank account? No. Well, you don't know. It's you that's stopping it. It's this imposter syndrome, like you say. And I think imposter syndrome is good because it's self-awareness a little bit, isn't it? Yes. And 
I often find the people that don't get imposter syndrome are the ones that should. Yes, totally deluded in their own bubble of grandiosity. Yes, absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right. So I I always say that it's 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 just all you just got to up the self awareness stuff and know when you're falling into these traps. That's all. That's all there is to it, really. You know, as long as you know all the traps and you can see them coming and you know that this is a trigger for you and you know exactly the script that's playing out in your mind now and you're going to go through the same ruddy thing again that you do everything no stop 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 breathe do a lovely walk around the block in which you um, remind yourself of all the value you said that all that you do to change this other person's world you said that you know and that's really how it works and also what is your what is your aim I guess you know do now that's a tricky one because we're all in different places in our lives so for instance I'm older technically close to retirement age to be honest and I know I don't look at Catherine but we won't go into that conversation because it comes up all the time so we're just <laughs> we're just glossing I, I say my age now and I pause waiting for people to go chat happy <laughs> and sometimes if I've not got my makeup on I do that pause and then there's that awkward silence so I have to speak again <laughs> It's like that program on television, 10 years younger or whatever. It is. Yeah. Those poor people. And I think, oh, I could go on that. And they'd probably say I was 10 years younger than <laughs> I am. And then we'd have to reverse it and make me look older or something. I don't know. No, no, no. Anyway, the point being that I could technically, because I've got to this point in life, not rich by any means, don't have a mansion house or, you know, villa in Spain or anything, but comfortable. You know, um, we have a house with no mortgage. It's a little flat. It's lovely. Live by the sea. Everything's great. You know, my couple of little pension things about to kick in. Fine. No, not a big deal. But we're not going to starve. We're not going to be chucked out into the street. We're not going to starve. And I don't have very extravagant tastes. So, you know, for me, walking in this beautiful place I live is a treat, you know, and that's free. Now, the reason I'm saying all this is because I could therefore convince myself that my reason for not charging more is based on my different needs. So why would I charge more? I don't need to charge more. And it's lovely that I can be more accessible maybe to more people. So I can be, you know, Mother Teresa skipping around, just giving my wonderful value for pennies all over the place. But I'm not sure that that's, I don't know. I don't think you'd let me get away with that, would you, Catherine? Well, there's a couple of things there. You know, if, if, if you want to charge less, you charge less. Absolutely. Um, however, charging less than other people can make people think, well, is she not as good? Is Am I going to get less of a service? And it can put people off. Um, the other thing, this happens sometimes, so bear with me. Oh, no, that's fine. Do you want some music or anything in the house? <laughs> We can have a bit of drum and bass. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The other thing, I even no, I would be caught out there because you've done a sentence with one thing and then another thing, which is always awkward. So, yeah, (laughs) what you're saying is you can change, you can charge this if you want, but there is a danger that people will perceive you as being of lesser value. Yeah, and then the other thing is often there is a price range for a certain service. 
Um, and if you start charging less, it can alienate your competitors. And I never think that's a good idea. There's, there's, there's no reason to alienate competitors. It's much better to collaborate. And if they see you charging the same, they're gonna like to have you in their circle. And I collaborate with a lot of people that are in my circle. I've, I've helped people. So I started off mentoring just VAs, but now it's service-based business owners because I know I can make a change too to lots of different business owners. So it's mentors, coaches, and consultants. Um, but I have actually mentored another VA mentor. So somebody in my circle. And when I was a VA, I wrote the book, How to Be a Virtual Assistant. And somebody said to me, why, why are you teaching the competition? Why are you training the competition? Because it's, it's great to have people on your side. It's great to have people in your circle. It's, it, I've, I've done so many opportunities with collaboration and, and they've, they've all paid off. They've all paid off. Yeah, yeah. You see, on that, um, Ali, you, you talk about the, you know, the power hour thing, the power hour, power oh. hour. Um, is, there, is, that also, is that one of those things that definitely has this very sort of, known rate attached to it how, how do you approach that with people um so the power hour so i've actually written a course on that how to create market our power hours yes 29 pound uh, <laughs> throw that in there 29 pounds that's that's the price of my course oh, oh, could i have it could i have a special discount because you've yeah, been a no, podcast guest no. <laughs> not, uh, not even the trisha lewis charity can have it <laughs> Um, he caught you out there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Go back on that. And, uh, no, that's great. That's an amazing value. Um, so yeah. go on. Tell us, yeah. give us so, a few little gems from it. Yeah. So my first thing is that you charge your power hour at least, at least double your hourly rate. Now that usually makes people go wide-eyed with like, but it's only an hour of my time. However, it's not just an hour of your time. So in my power hours, I, I get people to complete a short questionnaire before a call, 72 hours before the call. Lots of people don't complete it in time, so I have to chase it. That's my time. I have to read that um, questionnaire before the call. I choose to print it as well. We're all using paper now, so I'm not allowed to use plastic, so I've got no guilt over that. And I, I pay for Calendly, I pay for Zoom, um, I've there's years of my experience and knowledge that are going into that sometimes people have tech issues you know we need to get into a system and they're like oh try that password no you try it and get back to me when you find the right one so it's you know it's not just an hour and it's it's time out of your day and we all know you know before we had this call I made myself a cup of tea so I wasn't working up until the minute we started recording this podcast I took a break went to the ladies, you know, did my lipstick again. And, and so it's, it's more than an hour out of your day. So it's at least double your hourly rate. I've paid somebody for a power hour, which is just short of 600 pound. Because I wanted to have their expertise. Ooh. Yeah. And I, and that, I, I really like this. And like with every single conversation I have with the fascinating guests I have, I could go on for a lot longer but then that would be very unprofessional because you know we said a certain amount of time for this podcast interview and it's your time and it's my time Catherine and and <laughs> one of the last things on your list actually was being kinder with your own time just yeah. give me that in a in a in a couple of words 
yeah, uh, well, have some boundaries. Those boundaries evolve over time. I don't start work till 10 um, and I don't go past five o'clock. Um, uh, and I stick to that and I don't work weekends and I'm very, very strict with that. So um, boundaries are important, I think. Yeah. Like I said, they do evolve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. This has been absolutely packed full of uh, gems. Nobody will need to work with you because it'll all be for free on this podcast. So <laughs> You're so easy to talk to. It's oh, been, thank you. I, I think I could quite easily have a Zoom with you every day. Yeah. Well, I charge for it, Catherine. <laughs> 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 oh that that yeah that is the problem I do enjoy I do enjoy just I enjoy people you know and uh, LinkedIn is amazing isn't it the amount of amazing people like you that I've met who are just a delight to know so um come back sometime meanwhile I'm going to um run through this list myself because there's a few little notes to self in here Catherine I, I would definitely <laughs> say be, yeah you've I'll got me bang to rights on a few things here um it's been so useful thank you so before we go where would you like people what do you want people to know about you in terms of connecting or doing anything well um LinkedIn would be lovely absolutely lovely come and connect with me on LinkedIn and go and have a look on my website which is katherinegladwin.co.uk easy perfect um well good luck with all your um fun and games with the greenhouse growing um yeah. and uh, if anybody's just tuned into that you won't have a clue what that comment <laughs> is about so listen to the blinking episode and um yeah and thank you once again for being a fabulously valuable guest thank you so much and thanks for your listening yes! take action try this one small step just make sure you're not getting tangled up in the niche messages and have a think about that different perspective looking at it in terms of what you do what your services are rather than the thing beginning with a and ending in r that we're not allowed to talk about ideal client if you enjoyed that i'd love you to give me some stars over on itunes and tell people about this podcast if you want to work with me on your visibility and getting generally unsquashed and having impact, you know where I am. TrishaLewis.com for more details, where you will also be able to sign up for the Unsquasher Fortnightly to get regular updates on the podcast and some really cute little communication skill tactics. If you want to read my new book, then you better head over to Amazon, The Mystery of the Squash Self. Now that's got a fair few tips in it and it'll definitely show you that you are not alone with some of those inner critic wobbles. So for now, don't forget, find you, be you and for goodness sakes, let them see you. It's time for tea. So 